Assalamu alaikum and welcome to Islamic Finance Guru's Millionaire Muslim Podcast. Uh, with me, I've got Mohsin Patel, the conqueror of Bolton, the pride of the uh, Middle East and uh, Gujarat in India. Mohsin, assalamu alaikum. Assalamu alaikum. All of that, All of is, that true. is true. Um, what have you been up to this week, Mohsin, for the uh, benefit of our audience? So this week we released an article on wills in the scope of the wills market in the UK. So it's an article that covers basically what your options are depending on who you are as an individual. So if you're someone that's wealthy, so if you've got you know over a million in assets, what sort of things should you be looking at in terms of your options for wills if you're somebody who's a bit more simple and a bit more uh, kind of on the lower level in terms of your level of assets what should you go for and it basically sets everything out in terms of what really your options are and what the best thing is for you so definitely check that out it's on the website islamicfinanceguru.com Mohsin why should people care about wills? Well two reasons really one the Prophet said that you should care about wills so that you know, we, we should also care about writing a will. And the second reason is kind of much more practical point, really. But I found personally that the act, just the very act of writing a will, helps you prepare for a death, um, not in a kind of morbid way or anything like that, but actually just coming to terms with the fact that, you know, you are going to die. Allah has written the fact that you're going to die, helping yourself get your head around you know, getting all your stuff in order, making sure things are as they should be for when your death occurs, because you just don't know when it's going to happen. Um, and also the very act of writing messages for your loved ones. So um, on the IFG Wills thing, we've got a, a message, a section where you can leave messages. And the very act of that is quite um, a rather emotional one, to be honest with you. It is, isn't it? It's, uh, it's, um, and you wouldn't think it when you're just, you know, you're doing essentially a legal document. Yeah, and it's kind of weird because I was going through the whole IFG questionnaire thing and thinking all the way throughout that this is not a very, uh, you know, I thought it would be a much more emotional experience. It was all quite matter of fact up until that point. And then I got to the messages section and then that's when it kind of it all got quite emotional so yeah really interesting times uh, and then the other thing that we did was we launched our halal investing for busy professionals course so that has been kind of in the works and available for uh, pre-sale but we officially went live so if you've not yet had the chance to enroll onto that then it's islamicfinanceguru.com forward slash courses makes sense um, Jazakallahu khairan. Um, let's uh, dive in, inshallah, to the um, podcast itself. So, welcome everyone to Millionaire Muslims Podcast. Uh, this is a podcast by IslamicFinanceGuru.com. We discuss halal investments, personal finance, entrepreneurships, and way uh, that will uh, entrepreneurships, entrepreneurship, and ways that will kickstart you uh, into being the best version of yourself. And we also give you a spiritual kick uh, regularly with our uh, business and finance-focused Qur'an Tafsir, which is uh, what this is today. So this is session 16, I believe, of the Tafsir. And today we, we're continuing from the verses that we talked about last week, which were the verses on charity. And there's a big passage in Surah Baqarah that talk about charity in various different facets and then culminates in the verses on interest, on riba, and the, the prohibition of riba. And it's an important part of understanding the riba aspects uh, that we look at this, the charity aspect that precedes it. And so we're going through that today. And so uh, last week, uh, Mohsin, uh, sorry, no, it wasn't last week. It was a few weeks ago. It was during Ramadan, actually. We started uh, going through these verses and we talked about how charity is rewarded 700 times and we discussed why you know we thought that was the case and um how uh, you know charity is such an impactful thing and we, we discussed obviously the, the two aspects to it so you know charity is such a rewarded thing 
because it's so beneficial for us spiritually and internally. You don't attain piety until you spend from that which you love. But then at the same time, there's an external impact as well. So charity is a fantastic way of making sure that there are the, the, the non-commercial and uh, the useful things in society that need to be done are done, right? And we have the money to be able to do that. And also to make sure that the money gets to the right people in society and that uh, people who have savings, in the, in the case of uh, Zakat, people who have savings are incentivized to actually spend from their wealth. Because, uh, you know, even if they're only spending 2.5%, the incentive that that creates uh, on one's wealth is to make sure that it's not in passive uh, savings. So it's not just sitting in a bank account, it's actually actively invested in the ground. And that obviously has a huge amount of benefit. And, uh, and actually, Islam's uh, rulings on charity and Islam's rulings and teachings on uh, zakat are the things that are creating that incentive to do that. So one shouldn't think that you know charity and the commandments for charity are just uh, linked to the money that we give to charity alone, it's actually the incentive that that creates for the rest of our wealth as well that we should think about. But then, of course, certainly the charity itself, the way that is spent um, is going to create a, a big impact. And so that's what we were thinking about as as the reason why Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala, he rewards people uh, so much. Uh, Mohsen, anything else to add on, on what we did last week or last session? No, I don't think so. I think uh, that's all. Great. Okay, so let's dive into the next verse. Ba'da'udhu billahi minash shaytanir rajeem. Bismillahir rahmanir rahim. Alladheena yunfiquna amwalahum fi sabilillahi thumma la yutbi'una ma anfaqu mannahu wa la adha. لهم أجرهم عند ربهم ولا خوف عليهم ولا هم يحزنون قول معروف ومغفرة خير من صدقة يتبعها أذى والله غني حليم يا أيها الذين آمنوا لا تبطلوا صدقاتكم بالمن والأذاك الذي ينفق ما له رئاء الناس ولا يؤمن بالله واليوم الآخر فمثله كمثل صفوان عليه تراب فأصابه وابل فتركه صلدا لا يقدرون على شيء مما كسبوا والله لا يهدي القوم الكافرين. So the translation to that is those who spend their wealth in the way of Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala and then do not follow up what they have spent with reminders of it or other injury uh, that they might cause as a result of that will have their reward with their lord and there will be no fear concerning them nor will they grieve kind speech and forgiveness are better than charity followed by injury and allah is free of need and forbearing and all you believed all you have believed do not invalidate your charity's re reminders and injury as does uh, one who spends his wealth only to be seen by the people and does not believe in Allah on the last day. His example is like that of a large smooth stone upon which is dust and it's hit by a downpour that leaves it bare. They are unable to keep anything of what they have earned and Allah does not guide the disbelieving people. So um, in a second, inshallah, um, there we're going to dive into um, you know the, the, the understanding of this. But most of it, was there any kind of instinctive uh, first thoughts that came to your mind as we were reading that? Well, I suppose in many ways it's quite foreboding um, and a bit of a warning sign for people who fall into the description of that verse. Agreed. Uh, so, I mean, it's, it's foreboding in the sense that it's saying that if you are spending money, so something that is quote-unquote a good thing, right? If you're spending money, but you're not, but you're not spending it in a particular way. So you're spending it, and you're then following up 
by telling the person, oh, you know, I spent some money and I gave you this money and you expect something back, then that kind of invalidates what you've been up to. Um, yeah. And-, and to be honest with you, it's a trap that a lot of people do actually fall into, whether it's, you know, family members or whether it's some random bloke down the masjid or whatever. People, for some reason, they get tempted to talk to people about good deeds that they've done. Sometimes it's conscious. Sometimes a lot of the time it's, it is actually just subconscious. And so we kind of really need to guard against that and be have it really at the forefront of your mind that once you've done a good deed, the best thing really to do is to keep shtum. Okay, so Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala, he's saying that you shouldn't follow up your charity with, you know, saying, oh, you know, I, I, I gave you this charity. And Allah, and there's, it's actually quite severe. So there's a hadith about how there are three people who Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala won't even speak to on the Day of Judgment, nor look at them, nor purify them, and they, they receive a, a really, really painful torment. And the three people are he who reminds people of what he gave away, i.e. this person that we're talking to, we're talking about in this very verse, he who lengthens his clothes below his ankles, and he who swears on an oath while selling, uh, while lying to sell his merchandise. And I suppose that, that, interestingly, the first one is about charity to do with money, the second one is about arrogance, and the third one is again about money and how one does uh, transactions. So it's fascinating that the three people that are in big trouble two of them are in relation to money and uh, and i was thinking about about this and how how and why allah subhanahu wa ta'ala makes such a big deal about this and i think there's uh, there are roughly two points that i want to make on this the first is just boiling down why exactly does one give charity a muslim or non-muslim why exactly does one give charity? What are the motivations here? And really thinking about that and thinking about it from uh, you know an impact perspective. I mean, why does Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala care about us giving money for charity for him rather than for any other reason? I.e., what what is special about uh, about that intention as part of this uh, broader action? What is special about what we do? relative to what um, someone else does who's, who's not a Muslim, for example. So, um, I mean, I, I'd be interested to hear your thoughts on this, Mohsin, but um, my initial thinking was um, that, uh, you know, there are three key reasons why we would want to give charity. And the first is because we, we feel better um, as a result of giving that charity. So if we see that there is some kind of really impactful uh, advert or we've, we are moved emotionally because of some new story that we read and we feel really strongly about it. We want to do something about it. And that doing something looks like giving charity that makes us feel like we've done something. And so one of the key reasons why we want to give charity is because we feel better. And the second reason is because we want to impress other people. And this this is just par for the course right this is what happens and you find that actually even in some muslim events at uh, these kind of fundraisers for charity where there is someone who maybe someone who's quite rich and influential has set up a charity and this charity has thrown a, a, a dinner a Eid dinner or ramadan dinner or something like that and he's now fundraising or so he's got someone hired in to fundraise for him And this person has a whole sprawling business and various different interests. And there are various people who want to do business with him, right? And so they will give charity when the the, the time comes to actually give charity at this event. And their real reason is not to, um, you know, is not to necessarily uh, feel good about themselves. It's not necessarily to, you know, please Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala. It's to impress other people. It's to impress this person at the front of the hall uh, or the person who's put on this event. And that, I think, is probably more common these days than just pure straight up, you know, I just want to impress other people by how rich I am. Although I, I think that still does go on, but um, possibly less so um, than, than before. Um, and so we've got these three kind of areas where we, uh, th- these three kind of motivations that what makers want to give charity. Um, 
So uh, the, the what is it then about these three things? And what is it uh, about why giving charity for for Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala that makes it better than the other two? Well, I mean, the, the first reason is, of course, because Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala has told us to, and that this is going to be hugely rewarded relative to everything else. And Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala says, إِنَّمَا الْأَعْمَالُ بِالنِّيَاتِ uh, Verily, actions are based upon intentions. And if your intentions are for something else, then that's what you're going to be rewarded for. وَإِنَّمَا لِكُلِّ مِرِئِ إِمَّا نَوَى فَمَنْ كَانَتْ هِجْرَةُ إِلَّهِ وَرَسُولِ فَهِجْرَةُ إِلَّهِ وَرَسُولِ وَمَنْ كَانَتْ هِجْرَةُ إِلَى دُنْيَا يُصِيبُهَا وَإِمْرَأَةٍ يَتَزَوَّجُهَا فَهِجْرَةُ إِلَى مَا هَاجْرَ إِلَيْهِ So the, the full hadith on, on niya is about how if someone makes hijrah, that if he's making hijrah for Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala and his prophet, that's what he's going to get the reward for. And if it's just for the dunya, then that's what he's going to get the reward for. And But the action is the same. It's just the, the meaning behind it is different. And so the, the reward element of it is different. But then why does Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala want us to have that intentionality, uh, intentionality there? And I think the reason is uh, possibly twofold. One is that... Uh, as human beings, we want to give charity. This is a known phenomenon, right? Giving charity to someone else, having this empathy and this selflessness uh, is something that is a human trait. It's not a Muslim trait. It's a human trait because everyone does it. Uh, Non-Muslims do it as well. And so Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala, he wants to create this religion where we take what is human and what is fundamental to being human and to raise that and to elevate that into something that is rewarded and is into something that is part of a cohesive whole that leads to the betterment of society overall. And so that is where Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala has actual commandments and teachings about charity. And he wants us to focus in on what Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala wants from us when we are engaging in this particular activity of being selfless because that's a natural thing but us thinking about Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala makes it something that is elevated and something that is better. Uh, and then, so that, that's the first reason that I can think of. And the second reason is because it makes us focus not on just what, uh, you know, is not important, i.e. The, the approbation and the, uh, the love of other people or our feeling better. These two things, if you really think about it, are not really valuable metrics for uh, enabling us to spend well and spend effectively. They're not really valuable and effective metrics for us to pinpoint what is the most deserving of causes. They're not really valuable or, or effective metrics for us to even be able to um, you know, spend charity uh, the right way and to be able to identify the right people. So you know, when, when we focus on Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala and the pleasure of Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala, then we are focusing not just on what is visible or prominent or what is emotional, but actually what will have the most benefit and will get us the most reward. And and I think we uh, we sometimes forget this. Uh, and so, you know, zooming back now, why are we talking about all of this? Well, we're talking about all of this because Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala is saying that intention is so important here. You shouldn't do it. Uh, for the be benefit of others. So, so in this case, you know, this person who's saying that I'm, I gave you charity, you know, he reminds you of that. The reason why he's doing that is because it's a power play, right? He was doing it ultimately not to please Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala. He was doing it as a, as a power play that made him feel better, but also because he wanted other people to like him or he wanted something from other people. He wanted that control element to it as well. Uh, and so um, as we've just analyzed, that is problematic for uh, for two reasons. Um, and one of them is that it makes us not focus on the right thing. Um, and the other one is that it doesn't uh, really go back to the heart of what Islam is, and that is elevating and giving meaning to um, a human being's life. And then finally, um, you know, before maybe Mosa, you can chime in with any thoughts you've had, is uh, I want to talk about uh, how this kind of, dynamic plays out in the real world so we have um we see this on the macro scale too so countries will give a huge amount of donor uh, donations and uh, international development aid to uh, poorer countries and 
they want something in return for this. So a Muslim country uh, in particular should be very, very careful about this because, uh, and I don't mean receiving this money, I mean when, when we give that money. So if, for example, Saudi Arabia or a richer Muslim country gives this wealth uh, and gives this charity to other countries, and it does this as a kind of a geopolitical move, then that's fine, but that's not charity no, that, That's not charity any longer. And the person who's giving that charity, i.e. the rulers of Saudi Arabia or whoever it is, um, they won't be getting the reward for that because this falls slap bang into that verse. So there's a macro element to this as well. And then finally, um, we see this at the investment level in a way as well, uh, where you have... A huge amount of clout as a major donor or a major investor in a company or a not-for-profit which you wouldn't do if there wasn't any money involved and that creates a that creates a bit of an interesting dynamic i think because you're um you know you have this power and and it's natural this power it may be that you didn't necessarily ask for this power to be given to you right because you didn't say in your uh, terms and conditions when you made this donation or you made this investment that I, I also want uh, for you to respect me and listen to me and um, give me the clout in your organization that, that I deserve. That just comes naturally as a result of you being someone who has given that uh, donation or given that um, uh, investment into that company. So what do, you, what do we do about that? That's a bit of an uh, interesting one. Um, and and I th uh, and my thoughts on that aren't entirely crystallized. I think for the not-for-profit, I think that's the relevant uh, example because with the investor, I suppose that's uh, that's a commercial thing, right? And you want to look after your investment. Um, and I suppose with a not-for-profit, you could argue the same thing where you want to make sure that your donation gets to the right place, but then it does it shouldn't then cross over and it sh you should be very careful as a major donor into any organization that you're not then taking advantage of that uh, organization for your own means. So if you are a businessman and you're a large businessman and you've given a big donation to a charity, you know, completely sincerely, but then after that you think, oh, well, maybe that charity should uh, should reference that in their uh, publications or in their uh, marketing, and that will be good for my business. And so then you've gone into that kind of gray area now where you're not necessarily doing it purely for Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala, you're getting a reward from this, or you're getting a benefit from this. And then you're flexing your muscles in order to get the charity, which will do what you want, right? Because you've given them money um, to do something that maybe they, they wouldn't have done if uh, you know they, had, uh, they didn't have that uh, pressure from you to do that. So I wanted to bring up three points of discussion. The first is, you know, just talking about this, you know, wealthy businessman or whoever that's making these donations. Um, I just wanted to throw into the mix the idea that we can uh, possibly make uh, what I would term strategic donations. So these would be donations that are to powerful organizations. Um, but the whole intention behind it is in order to uh, aid Muslims essentially so you know if you're making donations in order to curry favor with a certain organization who has an influence on society for example or in some way benefits or can benefit Muslims and that's the whole purpose behind your in, behind your intention then I you know would, would potentially argue that those are strategic donations that would fall into the category of, of being sincere so that's the first thing for discussion the second thing for discussion is this whole idea of um, giving charity in secret um, and opposing that against the command in the quran uh, to to compete in in good deeds and we know as well from the seer of the prophet that uh, you know the, the Sahaba would would compete in good deeds. They would compete in in charity as well. So just having a think about about that, uh, because we know that as humans, you know, part of our trait, part of our natural uh, psychology is that we like to get egged on by each other. And we've probably all been to those charity events where you know there are there are people that are egging each other on. And as long as ultimately the charity wins out, then you know you could make an argument that everything's fine. And the third thing I wanted to throw out there for discussion was 
methods of giving charity and you know we're familiar with the kind of very traditional ways of giving charity that's that's quite cut and dry but I just wanted us to think a little bit about how we might be able to incorporate charity into our daily lives. So I'll give you an example of someone I know who recently um, went on holiday, a family member went to Istanbul. And in the hotel, they were selling water cheaper than they were selling water just outside. Now, outside of the hotel, obviously, you've got you kind of everyday person who probably isn't making a lot of money and is selling water frankly probably just to put food on the plate of the family and their water was you know like one lira 50 as opposed to one lira inside the hotel um, but this person consciously decided to buy from outside as a form of kind of you know dignified or veiled charity which I thought was was quite neat and something that we should uh, you know we should we should look for those opportunities I think Definitely. So uh, the first one uh, about how you should be strategic, uh, you can you could be strategic uh, as a major donor into an organization that you want to get some benefit from for the wider, uh, for the greater good. I, I completely agree. I think that's fine then, isn't it? And um, you, you, if your overall objective is still charitable, and you're not getting that money back, but you're you know trying to do benefit with it. Um, that's much more impactful than just giving charity. Then I think that's great. And in terms of competing, then of course, yeah, there, there's this kind of dual track here. One is you know the best kind of charity is that given secretly, but then at the same time, Allah Subhanahu wa Taala does say that you should um, compete for good. And Allah Subhanahu wa Taala, and there's many a hadith about how the Sahaba. They would come and they would give publicly. They would give the entire wealth. In the case of Abu Bakr, they would give half of their wealth. In the case of Umar, they would give um, millions upon millions of their uh, savings. In the case of Uthman ibn Affan anhu, or Abdurrahman ibn Awf and the other richer Sahaba, they would give a lot of their wealth and they would build infrastructure like Uthman built the, a, a well that was used regularly and um, the Muslims needed it when the, the uh, Quraysh, uh, when the uh, Muhajireen, they came across to Medina the, there was a real demand for water, and the, the Uthman al-Iranhu he bought this well um, from a, um, a Jewish individual who lived there, and that was really beneficial for the Muslims. And it's things like that that were done very publicly that are also really, really rewarded. Uh, and uh, Prophet Sallam, he was very effusive in his praise of people like Uthman, where he said that you know after today, whatever Uthman does, it doesn't matter. And Uthman, of course, was one of the Ashara Mubashara, the 10 given the glad tidings of paradise. So um, we've got this whole dual track where they're, you know, giving charity as uh, in secret is, is great, but also giving it publicly for um, the encouragement of other people, I think is, is perfectly fine as well. But of course, one needs to be careful when doing it publicly that it is quite sincere. I think it is very possible for it to be sincere and for it to be public. I think that's perfectly fine. Um, and then, and then your final point about how you know choosing where you spend your money, uh, you're making a commercial decision there. You're making a um, a contract uh, with that person, a buying and selling contract. Uh, of course, this is all unwritten, you know, when you're just buying water, but you're buying and selling um, something from a person, and that's not charity. That's um, a commercial thing. But if you do your commercial stuff in a clever way and that actually can be very very impactful like you know the whole fact that your family member was in turkey is uh, in itself something really beneficial for the people of turkey who have um uh, you know the, their economy is propped up by tourism and they've obviously struggled a lot with the, the war that's happened in Syria and the impact that that's had um, and um, you know where we spend our money on holiday actually has a, possibly a bigger impact in terms of um, you know the output that we can achieve uh, over a year than any of our charity put together so you know we spend thousands of pounds when we go on holiday and if we're spending thousands of pounds in um, you know, going to the USA, for example, or going to uh, high high tea, or like somewhere, you know, Mauritius, for example. Although Mauritius might not be a great example because I think there are Muslim Muslims there. Um, but if we are spending it going to somewhere like Bosnia Herzegovina, which is supposed to be absolutely fantastic, and it's a Muslim country, or Albania, um, or um, Turkey is a, of course a good one, Morocco, Malaysia, these are the countries where 
you know when we spend that money in those countries we actually our pound goes a lot further than it would um, elsewhere in terms of um, our scale on the day of judgment and that's because we are um, choosing where we are going to spend our money and we're doing it with the intention of pleasing Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala and helping our Muslim brothers and sisters so I, I think that's a really good point and um, I suppose this brings us quite nicely onto um, the second kind of topic that we want to talk about and that is spending well and spending effectively uh, because Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala he's made a pretty big point about this right he's, he's talked about it over three verses and he says you know your your charity is going to be essentially um, wiped clean on the day of judgment you know you'll have nothing on your balance if you are spending charity in a way that is not sincere so this is a big deal and Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala he wants us to spend well and he wants us to spend effectively uh, and there are other verses in the Quran that talk about this as well so Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala says ya ayyuhal ladhina amanu anfiqu min tayyibati ma kasabtum wa mimma akhrajna lakum min al-ard wa la tayammamu al-khabitha minhu tunfiquna wa lastum bi-akhidhihi illa an tughmidu fee wa'lamu anna Allah ghaniyun hamid so all you believe spend of the good things which we have uh, which you have earned and of that which we have produced from the earth for you and do not aim at that which is bad to spend from it uh, and, and and this was revealed to the Ansar so the Ansar when they had the season for harvesting dates the, the trees would be full of dates the Ansar, Ansar would collect all the ripe dates from the branches from the gardens and hang them on a rope that was erected in uh, between two pillars in, in Masjid al-Nabawi and the people the, you know, the poor Muhajireen and the poor Sahaba would eat from these dates um, and uh, some of the Ansar However, they would choose the lesser type of dates and they would add those into this big uh, bunch of dates that was hanging there for people to eat from. And so they, of course, they could choose. They, they were giving charity. But Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala, he wanted to really challenge them. And he said, you should spend from you know the best, from the good things of which you have earned and, and of that which you have produced from the earth for you. So Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala, he wants to challenge us to not just give wealth, but to give it effectively and give it from the best of what we have and again there's that dual track where you know that, that's a benefit for us internally because we are reaching more piety as a result but there's a dual track of um you know there, there's much more impact as a result of that as well and and i got thinking about this and i was thinking how is this applicable in our day and age you know the, this whole idea of spending well and spending effectively and i, I had a few thoughts on this i mean one thought was that we shouldn't just be aiming to spend from, you know, a gift aid or tax relief or leftover food or leftover clothes or old clothes. Uh, we should be spending from uh, the, you know, the Ratsul Mal. We should be spending from the capital. We should be spending from that, which, you know, actually will, you know, hurt us to some extent. As, as opposed to, you know, things that are kind of extraneous. Of course, I'm not saying, you know, we shouldn't take the gift aid box. We should take that. But what I'm saying is that we shouldn't um, make our kind of uh, charity the charity of the, the leftover. And that's not what Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala wants us to be doing. That's not what charity is about. So that's uh, one thing that I wanted to say. And the second thing um, that I wanted to say is that um, it's... Uh, and there's that's an important point here by the way going back to the gift aid it's it's about you know when you're when you feel that little bit of pain uh, when you give charity you're having to dip into your own pocket as opposed to things that you actually want to get rid of and that is the moment when you're much more alert and much more focused on what you are doing and you're going to be much more careful as a result about what you are doing and where you're spending. So there is a benefit to this as well. And then when when we have a charity that we set up, I mean, most people are either involved in a charity in their life, or they set it up um, during their life, um, or um, you know they uh, they might donate heavily to a particular charities. And and charities uh, need to be based, and Muslim charities in particular need to focus in on this. They need to be uh, based on a robust theory of change 
and with the uh, sole um, objective or one of the key objectives of that charity should be to be effective in the way that the charity spends its money and so what I, what do i mean by that there's um, there's a whole bunch of research done by a company called Th uh, by a um, institution called think npc uh, which is like a think tank for non-profit organizations and charities and they have come up with a kind of framework as a, a theory for change and a theory for making a difference and the whole idea behind this exercise is thinking about you know what what is it that you're trying to achieve here um, are you trying to raise education in kids i mean there's a prior question to this which is why are you trying to change that thing in the first place is there something that will be better something that would leave, leave a larger bunch of people better off it would leave a larger bunch of people with a, a much much higher you know um, uh, a much much higher value of uh, of life and quality of life it would have a material impact on society as opposed to something which you know let's say you 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 have a charity that creates automatic nail cutters so that people they can just put on this nail cutter thing at night when they go to sleep and it'll just cut their nails for them really accurately and um, it doesn't you know it doesn't bleed it doesn't really cut you too deep it's a great idea right um, but it, is it you know is it useful um, you know if you handed out a whole bunch of these to the British Muslim community is that going to is that really going to move the needle uh, of course that's a really facetious example but actually every charity needs to think about that and every charity that we give we need to think about that are we doing charity which is like the nail cutter the automatic nail cutter or are we doing charity which is like you know the um the example that i gave last week of the of the charity that worked out that in order to raise education standards in africa which is what they want to do because education is one of the key determinants of uh, a successful and prosperous and uh, happy life and uh, a healthy life and a long lifespan etc that the key reason they discovered that the key way they discovered to raise education standards was to uh, tackle this kind of worm that these kids would get in their um, in their stomach or something. And if you deworm people, they would not miss school for two or three weeks, so they would otherwise. And that had a massive impact on their education, more so than uh, by spending on better uh, books or by increasing the classroom size or by uh, getting a whiteboard, an interactive whiteboard at the front. None of those things made that much difference. It was this one thing, and it doesn't seem that exciting you know, to deworm kids. But that was it, right? So is your charity, my question is, is our charity the automatic nail cutter charity or the deworming charity? And every single time we should be making sure that it's the kind of charity that is on the deworming end of the spectrum. Um, and, and then f the final thing before, you know, Mohsin, you know, feel free to chime in on this. The final thing is that our careers as a whole need to be uh, need to be inspired and infused by this whole ethos as well because uh, you know we talk about charity uh, as something that is intrinsically linked to our wealth and that's fine but as we all know wealth is really a reflection on time right it's a reflection often for people who are employees um, of just time the more time you put in the more money you get back and and so our our time and our sweat and blood and the volunteer hours that we put in are also a crucial way of doing charity. And so um, we need to just take a step back and think, okay, hang on. So our time is actually a key metric by which we can give charity. What, what do I mean by that? By which we can help other people, how we can benefit society, how we can deal with problems that society is facing, how we can help the, the wider community, but also the Muslim community in dealing with a few key problems that we have, that we are well suited to, uh, to address. And so that's what we're talking about when we give charity. We're not, I'm not talking about charity in the really banal and uh, simplistic fashion of, oh, we need to give charity to feed the homeless. That's, that is a form of charity, but when we're thinking about charity, we need to think about it from a really abstract level, which is we're trying to solve problems and we're trying to help people that wouldn't otherwise be able to get that help. 
And so um, actually where I'm going with this is that our entire career could become a form of charity. And I'm not saying that we should all now work for Islamic relief. That's not what I'm saying. I'm saying that if you are clever and if you are strategic in your thinking and if you are um, very uh, deliberative and very uh, precise in your um, in your career thinking and in your planning, then working for Google could be a form of charity. You're you're going to work about eighty thousand hours, and there's a great um, resource on it. If you search eighty thousand hours, you'll find it online. There's a great resource where people are trying to think about how to give charity really effectively or how to spend really effectively. And they've got this whole thing about their career, um, the career that that individual chooses, and um, to make sure that that career is going towards uh, dealing with the biggest um, issues that our society faces. And of course, this uh, organization is non-Muslim, so they don't have that whole ethos to it. So you know, do bear that in mind. And you know, you can use their analysis and add in the Muslim angle to it to to get to the same result. But the point that they're making and the reason why they stress the whole career thing is because, you know, giving charity is just one thing that we might do of the £2,000 that we earn. Even if we gave £1,000 every month, that's, you know, going to add up to £12,000 a year. But if we are, um, if our time is the charity, how much more impactful can we be with that? And so that Google engineer if he has been very deliberative about his process, and if he has worked out that actually, hang on, in in the world today, the, the way that we're going to solve these big problems that we have is by, um, is by having uh, the data that we need at our fingertips perfectly passed so that we can see the best ways that and the most impactful ways that we can uh, reach out to people and, and solve those particular problems, whatever those problems might be. And so um, his his deliberations then lead him to think, okay, so I, I like um, programming, I'm into this sort of thing, and the best place for me to learn about this skill set, about, you know, processing data and managing data, algorithmic searching, and all this kind of wonderful stuff, is Google because they're the you know the premier tech company in the world, and now he goes and works for Google. Having done that simple uh, process at the start of thinking about what he's going to do with his time and why he's doing it, this Muslim who's working for Google is now engaged in an act of worship and is now engaged in an act of charity, right? Um, because uh, and this is obviously, of course, if he uses that, um, he uses that place that he has at Google and uses that skill set for good. But th this is now really impactful. This is now giving 80,000 hours worth of charity. If someone thinks, okay, in order to solve, um, you know, the knotty problem of, um, I don't know, uh, making sure that there is electricity in Africa, that's a, that's a big problem, right? It's a big deal. Uh, it will lead to really bettering a lot of human life and it will lead to uh, really increasing people's health uh, and their education and all sorts of, uh, and you know, the prosperity of that country. It, it has a big impact to try and electrify um, certain countries that aren't as electrified or certain communities that aren't electrified. And he really thinks about this problem. And um he thinks that actually the way to do this is by developing these technologies, solar energy technologies and others. And then he decides that he's going to work for, um, I don't know, someone like Tesla, for example, in battery manufacture, or he's going to work for um, another big you know, manufacturer of solar technologies in China, for example, or a leader of that. And from the outside, you're just seeing this guy is working in uh, a renewable energy um uh, which is an emerging industry, he's probably going to be doing quite well for himself soon because it's such a massive industry. And, you, you know, we don't see beyond that. But actually, this person is engaged, as I said, in an act of worship. He's gauged, engaged in uh, charity because he's on a career path now where he has a real clear goal of making sure that he is uh, contributing towards, and he has to really be directly contributing towards the betterment of this uh, community or these communities and electrifying Africa, which is a big problem that you know should be solved. And so 
um, without harping on about this too much, each and every one of us has this real duty and this uh, real uh, responsibility to make sure that our careers are are such that we are having um, you know we are having that wider reach than we than we would otherwise, or giving meaning to our careers than you know we would otherwise have. So I, I think pulling it back now to uh, you know where where do we stand? I mean, I've I've talked about I think some fairly heavy themes today, and um, I, I want us to kind of have like a takeaway message from this, right? Because otherwise, you know, what's the point? So we we talked about in the first section about how charity affects power dynamics and how sincere charity is better, and how sincere charity is better for a whole host of reasons, um, primarily because it's pleasing to Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala and it secondly because it gives that human element of a human being of, of uh, the the charity element of a human being and the selflessness of a human being it gives that higher meaning and then finally and importantly because it makes sure that we're giving charity effectively so we talked about this whole thing and um, and I think really uh, there is only one thing to be said here, and that is, you know, this is a warning from Allah Subhanahu wa Taala. Don't do this, because otherwise, you're wasting your time and you're wasting your money. And uh, I think we just need to be very careful when we're giving donations um, that we that we are very cognizant of that, especially when we are giving uh, public donations that we are very cognizant of that, and um, we, we're not doing it to show off. But also, importantly, we're not doing it um, mindlessly, and we're not doing it from you know the leftover clothes and we're not doing it uh, from you know the leftover food and uh, from the from the excess and the surplus we're doing it from from the you know the, the real heart of it and then secondly we talked about spending well and spending effectively and i think there's there's two things that we can take away here as well the first is that we should be really thinking about um, spending from um, the absolute best that we have and that is i think our time and we should be making sure that we are spending our time in the cause of allah subhanahu wa ta and our careers should be geared in such a way as to um, serving allah subhanahu wa ta uh, and then secondly um, we should be making sure that when we spend uh, we should be spending effectively as well and so that means that we should be looking to have a real wide impact uh, as much as we can and that could be either charitable or it could be commercial so it could be you know the way that you give that you go on holiday it could be where you buy your honey from so i mean i buy this from uh, honey from a shop called the latin honey shop and I, and I buy that because i know they're a muslim business and i want them to do well their honey is you know slightly more expensive than normal honey but i know that that is a really important way that we are going to fuel um, the, you know, Muslim economies and Muslim businesses, and th and that is a form um, of of charity as well. So, unless uh, there's any questions, inshallah, that's um, all we have for today. But I'll give you a few uh, a few seconds if anyone does have any questions. So it doesn't look like there's uh, there's any questions. So in that case. Jazakallah khair and everyone for tuning in. Uh, please do subscribe to this channel. Please do um, share it um, if you found this useful. You, the whole recording will be online if you share it. And um, inshallah, um, you know, make sure that you know you, you can catch all of the previous episodes that we've done, either on this YouTube channel or on our podcast, which you can access on Anchor, Spotify, iTunes, or wherever you listen to your podcasts. We'll be there. Um, and and please do leave uh, a review uh, if you if you benefited because that really does benefit us and it really does help us. Uh, and if you if you think a member of your family would benefit from listening to this, perhaps they're thinking about a career change or they're a young university student thinking about what career to go into, then I think this this could be quite beneficial for them. And um, please do feel free to share that with them as well. Jazakallahu khairan. Wassalamu alaikum wa rahmatullahi wa barakatuh.